Hey everyone, this is Nasco and you're listening to Foxtails, the music industry podcast by Stairfox. Today's episode is part of our artist story segment and my guests probably need no introduction. I'm really, really stoked to welcome Amber Navran, Andres Matson, and Max Breik, or the LA soul and jazz trio Moonchild. I clearly remember hearing the list from Voyager five years ago and I completely fell in love with their dreamy sound. They recently released their fifth studio album called Starford via our friends at True Thoughts and they were so nice to drop by for a chat. Hi guys, welcome to Foxtails. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's very nice uh, talking to you as well. I'm loving the story of how you guys spent uh, some time in the car in, back in 2011, touring for Amber's uh, previous solo project. You never know what <laughs> what's going to make people bond, right? So uh, what's the most random thing you can share about you as a trio? What do you guys think? Um, I mean, the whole kind of way we got together was pretty random. I'd say like we, we all were um, in school for jazz studies essentially we all played our own instruments um and like like you said we met on this tour uh for amber's solo project and i'd say like the most random thing about that was that initially i wasn't going to be on that tour and there was a, a different trumpet player that was going to play on that tour but because he bailed a week before um, I got called to, to be on this tour and that was the tour that we all were in the car together driving, um, and bonding over the same music. And those were when, that was the time when we wrote all these, uh, first songs that are on Be Free for Moonchild. So, um, so that was pretty random. Um, also, kind of, yeah. Great. Um, so, uh, where does this, uh, love for all cosmos things related uh, stem from even the name? When we were on that tour, we went stargazing uh, as a band one night and we bonded and we talked about starting the project. And um, so when we were trying to come up with what our first song would be about and what our album title would be and our, uh, our group name would be, we kind of drew upon that experience together and it just kind of became the theme. Out of curiosity, which was the first song you, you guys created? Like the first complete song? B3. Awesome. Yeah, so it gave the name of the album. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So um, how long have you worked in music? Is it is this um, all, all you've done before? Have you uh, ever worked outside of the music industry? Uh, a lot of us had day jobs. So I worked at a bakery. I also worked as a house cleaner. And yeah, just like little jobs in retail here and there. Um, before I was able to go full time with music. How about you guys? Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I had some some jobs in teaching and and just uh, odd jobs, uh, like handiwork stuff. But yeah, I think we all knew we wanted to pursue music. Um, so those were just little little stops along the way, you know. You were a tutor, right, Max? That's right. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really happy this uh, turned out great <laughs> for you guys. Like ten years, ten years later, how does it feel? Like, um, did the friendship get stronger, and uh, did you, did you manage to grow together? We've definitely grown together. I mean, you do a lot of growing over time, no matter what. And so, you know, we met in college, and since then, I think we've all grown a lot, personally and musically. Uh, when we first 
started making music together, there was a lot that we didn't know. And we, we've all learned kind of how to produce and how to play different instruments. And I think with each album, you can kind of hear that growth. Um, and at this point, you know, we, I feel like you guys are family. You know, we've spent so much time together. We know each other so well. So, yeah. Ten years is a long time, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So uh, as as I already mentioned, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Be Free and Voyager, especially, but like everything you guys done. Just curious, how how do those two uh, records look from the 2022 second perspective from this year? I think that looking back at Be Free is pretty funny for us a lot of the time because. Uh, we literally didn't know how to engineer or mix or record ourselves. We were learning as we made the project. Uh, so, you know, just the um, magnifying glass part of your mind, like here's all the little details that you missed on on later albums. But Voyager is a fun one to look back on. I feel like that was, uh, we were really starting to come into some new elements of our sound and uh yeah, it sort of coalesced on that album. I feel like Voyager is the place I would want fans to start. Like, that's where I feel like, like you said, like we really sound like us. We we're kind of like stronger at producing and, and mixing and all the things that we did. And and I don't know. I was just talking about this yesterday with Jacob Mann. We were laughing about Be Free. He was like, oh, I grabbed be free to listen to. And I can't believe how far you guys have come. I was like, I know. <laughs> so it's pretty funny looking back, but um, it's, I guess it's cool to see. I feel like anybody who puts out music consistently and is growing is going to feel that way about an album that's 10 years old. So I, I remember reading somewhere that you said that every next album is your favorite one that you release. <laughs> so, I mean that that must feel great. Um, I I actually started with Divorger. I I this was the first time I heard you guys, yeah, uh, almost five years ago, and it was amazing. Uh, the list actually still one of my favorite tracks. Oh, cool, <laughs> great. So I'm I'm curious. Did you uh did you know your sound uh, from the very beginning? Uh, did did you know what it's gonna be, or did it evolve? Because to me, you guys are very consistent uh, from what you're doing since the very beginning, even if it evolves. Um, I'd say we never had uh, like conversations specifically of like what we want the Moonchild sound to be, quote unquote. We just, um, like I was saying, we all bonded over the same music, and there were certain elements, uh, you know, from that neo soul music that we'd be like, oh, how can we, you know, recreate this, or how can we, how do we do that, you know? And so um, I think when you when you hear like the consistency of the moonchild sound it's really just the product of us bonding over the same music and sort of uh you know going uh along that that path i mean i guess the chemistry is just there right i'm curious cuz i i've noticed have you have you guys counted how many instruments each of you can play a handful <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll no, no number no strict number <laughs> it's a lot we all we all play piano, um, and then yeah, like uh, I play trumpet um, and guitar, and then I'd say like those are like the umbrella categories. And then under piano, there's you know synth bass and yeah that kind of stuff. And under guitar, there's ukulele and stuff. But I'd say those three are are the main ones for me. Um, yeah, I play woodwind, so sax, flute, and clarinet, um, keys, synth bass. 
and vocals production. Yeah. You max. Yeah, that's all. It's all the same stuff for me. Uh, <laughs> sax, clarinet, um, keyboards. Yeah. We Is produce all the sort? drums on our records too. So I don't know if you count that as an instrument or not. <laughs> I mean, it is, yeah. Um, do you guys have like a specific process when you start working on a song or everyone just chimes in uh, wherever they feel like? Uh, we're all beat makers. So we're always producing um, on our own and we'll bring our beats to each other and whichever beats everybody loves are the ones that end up becoming Moonchild songs and what starts as Max's beat you know like I'll add a verse to and Andres will like add a horn line or the bridge or an outro and so by the end of the song everybody's kind of contributed their sound to the initial idea um so that's kind of our always been our process we kind of bring our ideas to the table and then add to them Awesome. Um, I noticed Love uh, seems to be a big team in what you guys are doing in terms of songwriting. Any other particular topics that um, inspire you or it can be just anything that happens in the, on a daily basis? It's a lot of what I'm going through or what the people around me are going through. Um, so I think the two big topics are love and just like self-empowerment or uh, supporting each other just kind of like community theme. Is it you mainly that do this, the lyrics? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Uh, so finally uh, coming to what we've gathered together uh, uh, today, Starford, uh, love is uh, a big, big theme there. Um, so what's the storyline behind uh, like the, all the tracks and uh, the whole album? How did it come together? Do one of you guys wanna answer? The song a day? Oh yeah, go for it, Max. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure how this ties into the love theme, but uh, most of the songs on this album came from uh, us coming off tour when COVID first hit and we were just at home with all this uh, pent up energy from being on tour and not being able to produce. And uh, we just uh, each made a beat a day for a month. And wow. most of most of the tracks on this album came from that process, um, and yeah, it was it was really fun and inspiring. I found that you know, writing every day uh, forces you to be a little more experimental. Like you don't want to make something that sounds like what you did yesterday, of course. Um, but then also you just kind of get in the flow. It's like kind of like practicing an instrument every day or something. You know, you get more comfortable and things just get easier uh, the more you do it. Did the pandemic uh, kind of uh, break a uh, world tour, uh, you were saying, or uh, it just happened that you had a lot of free time? Yeah, exactly. We were, I think we were on tour opening for Jill Scott at the time uh, oh. when, when the NBA shut down and that's kind of Damn. when it all started. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> and then we were also supposed to do an Asia, Australia oh. tour as well. And so, yeah. yeah. Oh, not pleasant, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, after all, uh, the album came uh, came to life, so I guess you trade one thing for another. So I I can't help but notice uh, I really love um, the funkiness that Back to Me uh, has. Uh, I really noticed it it kind of stands out uh, from the other uh, more gentle songs, uh, and I was really happy to see so much groove in Stafford. 
So what inspired this uh, kind of uh, new sonic direction for you guys? I think that sound has always been one of our influences. Uh, we all love that music. So um, yeah, I feel like every now and then we end up with a beat where that's the driving force, the drum groove. And that's what I would say. What were you going to say, Andres? Oh, I'd add to just, um, I think on Starfruit, um, I played a lot more electric guitar and um, kind of was working on my funk guitar playing a little more. So like you'll hear on tracks like What You Wanted, I like, yeah, specifically was like, you know, trying to, you know, bring like, you know, some some prints into <laughs> Moonchild a little bit, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, I would just add... Um... You know, we've been touring a lot more recently and in our live show, we, we take it to that sort of funky place a lot more. And so maybe maybe that's started to sort of creep in and influence our records now. Uh, I, I did see you guys live uh, in Barcelona uh, right before the oh. pandemic hit. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, it was awesome. Actually, one of the reasons I went to Barcelona was your concert and uh, a couple of others as well. But it was literally just before the pandemic hit. Uh, yeah. the, by the time I came back, there was just the first case of uh, Corona in Barcelona. So I was got really it. lucky. Uh, I'm really glad I, I, I got to see you. And uh, I, I can really say it. It's, it's, a, lot, it's a lot of fun uh, seeing you guys live. Thanks. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, I know you, you guys shared before some uh, super cool uh, like music nerd things about your music, like the instruments you used. Feel free to share here for our... Uh, because a lot of our listeners are actually music producers and... Uh, people involved in music in any way so yeah it would be great what would you guys um, should we go through the tracks yeah. or i'd say there's like a fair bit of like um in each album we have like new toys and new plugins that <laughs> we kind of mess around with um i'd say for me on on starfruit um the thing that i was like incorporating a lot lot more was just combining the sounds of like uh sort of more natural drum sounds like brushes and cross sticks with like drum machine like rhythm king lin drum type sounds um and i just like like that sort of hybrid kit sound of it all so by now there's you know like sort of like all these bleep bloop kind of drum machine sound things along with sort of a more you know regular bass drum cross stick thing i just like the sound of that a lot did you guys have any? Uh, yeah, I guess um, on the song Takes Two, I tried a new thing where I sampled Amber's uh, vocals from from a previous song. I think it was On To Me, which is on Little Ghost. Um, but I, I just pitched them up kind of like Kanye style. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it turned out it, it kind of works with, with the vibe of that track. So that was a fun little thing we added. Um, and then I also, on this project, started using more clarinet sounds, like uh, three-part clarinet uh, lines and stuff, which is a little bit new for us. Awesome. For me, on uh, Don't Hurry Home, I was trying to make the flute sound like a sample. So I like wrote this flute line and then pr just tried chopping it up in all these different ways so that it would sound like I grabbed it from somewhere else. Uh, which was fun to mess around with. And 
on You Got One, because the song is about being there, I tried to incorporate a lot of phone sounds. So I found some phone ringing sounds and put it in Serato sample and pitched it to match the key and tried to like sneak them in throughout the song. Um, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I did not know these. So here might be the time to uh, thank uh, True Thoughts uh, for setting this interview and uh, uh, for everything they've done. This is your fourth release together, right? Your fourth album. Uh, how, is, how is it working uh, together? How do you feel? We love True Thoughts. Yeah, they've been yeah. super supportive and they've just let us be ourselves. And that's exactly what you want, you know, so... Yeah, I just want to show this because our listeners uh, cannot, uh, you know, see it. But I'm showing the vinyl. Yeah, they just <laughs> they just sent it uh, yesterday. Nice. I just got it, nice. so I still haven't opened it actually. But I'm just gonna uh, listen to it after we talk. Really exciting! Oh, cool. it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful record. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so another topic uh, that I want to touch uh, for Surfer. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but uh, we, last year we started our um, Women in Music initiative uh, in Sterafox, uh, including different articles, interviews, podcast episodes, uh, compilations, and more. Um, so the majority of the featured artists on uh, Starford are black women. So can you elaborate a bit more on the motivation behind this? Yeah, um, one of my personal goals in, in music is to just build an empowering, supportive female community of creatives within the music industry and the music scene that I'm in. Uh, so I think in order to kind of reverse a lot of the mis like the discrepancies in representation with women, you have to like be intentional about who you call, who you're working with, who you're posting about, who you're supporting. Uh, without that intentionality, I think it's things are gonna change a lot slower. Um, so it's always been a goal of mine to just work with women, support women, and along our journey as a band, we've had the opportunity and the honor to meet so many incredible, incredible women artists. And um, so that's, that's just kind of what we went into when we were looking for who we wanted to be on each song. We, we had this list of people that were like, Oh, it would be a dream to collaborate with these people. And uh, yeah, we, we got to, we got, be, I think because of COVID, everyone was like unable to tour. And so people were available to record in a way that they might not have been if everybody was on the road um, and everybody's schedules are just kind of conflicting. So uh, it, it all worked out. Was this uh, the main reason you wanted to col uh, to have collaborators on this record? Because it's the first one you have so many uh, featured artists. I think we have always wanted to do a collaborative album. Um, over the last 10 years, you know, we've met so many incredible people who we're huge fans of. And when we meet them, we're, you know, it's always like, ah, oh, you're so amazing. We'd, you know, we'd love to make music with you. And uh, things often get too busy or don't line up or, you know. So I, th I think it's always been on our radar. And this time when we sat down to make the album, all of us were like, let's, this one, this is going to be the one. And as we were making the songs, we were thinking about who, you know, who does this song sound like? Who, who do we think would, would like this track, would want to be a part of this track? So About Lala Hathaway, cannot help but <laughs> mention her. And tell me, uh, any particular reason you decided to open Starford with this song? 
and uh, obviously how was working with her um it was a dream working with her i mean gosh we're such huge enormous fans of hers and her own music um so it was still like it's still kind of hard to process that she's on a moonchild song <laughs> but uh and yeah i think we when we decide album order for for all of our albums we always we don't uh like we that's something we decide after all the songs are kind of written and um tell them kind of felt like a natural opener because of how it starts with sort of the sound of the door knocking and the door opening um and so i'd say that was probably the reason why we, we started with it um but we're so happy with how it turned out it's a beautiful song. Um, hip hop incorporates so well in uh, your soul and R&B sound. You collaborated with Rhapsody, Il Camel, Mimi Fresh uh, here. So, do you feel you would like to explore hip hop more in uh, in your future records? And um, just a bit of a random question. Uh, I noticed uh, in Gone yeah, from B Free, who is rapping there? Is it one of you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Nope. No. Oh. No. That's, okay, that uh, would have been so awesome. <laughs> that's our that's our friend uh, Harry Mack, uh, who we all went to uh, college with, um, and he's now just a, a massive, uh, huge freestyle rapper, and just in that space. So, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, just like yeah. one of the most incredible freestylers. Like you just search YouTube, you'll find all these crazy like, you know, him freestyling on on the street with uh with other people and yeah. It's nice. it's amazing. So yeah, how about hip hop in the in the future? Yeah, I mean, I we really liked how it came out on on the tracks on this album. Um, I think we've been wanting to incorporate some like female MCs for a while. Uh, just the sound, like it's an, like Lauren Hill, for example, has like neo soul type beats where she sings and then raps too, and it's just like such a cool combination of things uh, that we really like. And so it just it just sort of made sense for this record. Yeah, it really makes me happy to hear this. I, I really really love like the combination of soul and hip hop. And yeah. this like, like the track with Rhapsody, it's so funky. Like it's like the bass lines are, yeah, amazing. <laughs> it's slapping really hard. So I, I'm I'm pretty sure we're we're missing uh, a peculiar story with uh, one of you or your collaborators. Uh, anything else cool that happened alongside? I think hmm. the coolest moments for us were when we got the the stuff back from people because with the most of the songs we just left an open space and we were like do whatever you want <laughs> so once we got the vocals back from each person that that moment of first hearing it and just like being obsessed with it being so excited about it and then um also kind of reshaping the song around what the the guest artist did. So we would like add breaks or maybe, you know, change up what's happening behind the vocals or, you know, add a little background vocal here or there. So even though because of COVID we weren't able to be in the same room, it still felt collaborative and exciting. Um, and yeah, for me, the, the most exciting moments were just hearing the vocals for the first time. How about you guys? Max? <laughs> um... Yeah, I I don't know. I think I might um, pick the first time we got back Layla's part um, because uh, she recorded like verse two and the chorus of Tell, Tell Me. Wait, Tell Him, right? Yeah. Uh, but that was actually a verse that Amber had already written. So we were like used to hearing Amber's singing it. Uh, but then to get 
back Layla's track um, with her interpretation of the words and melody was just like really cool. Um, I'd say for me, like uh, there was um, when Tank uh, and the Bangas sent over their stems for Get By, um, it was originally over different music. And so that was like a cool thing to experiment with um, where we had Tank's vocals and then we, you know, messed with the track underneath her um and it the way it turned out was super cool and it fits super well and like they they wrote that cool like sort of horn line thing and to be able to feature that by having it be a breakdown that was that was really fun in retrospect we're really lucky that everyone was so down i feel like a lot of times you know as someone who sings on top of other people's stuff when i get the track back and it sounds totally different i'm like what happened but everyone was like (laughs) so generous and just open to our ideas once that once they had already you know done their thing which i'm super grateful for great um i gotta ask each one of you must have a favorite song uh, from the record which is it the impossible question yeah always (laughs) Uh, i feel like it changes every time i get asked um um i'd say right now um because we're getting ready for the live show and uh prepping for tour i'd say what you wanted is uh one that i really like on the album just the horn solely and it's it's really funky and yeah i'd say right now that's my favorite um i really like slow jams so i'm gonna go with long way the last track uh it's just just got that slow jam vibe you know (laughs) yeah Amber. takes two uh when i first heard that beat of max's i just had it on repeat and i had so much fun writing to it so yeah but i mean it changes constantly so (laughs) i mean yeah i can imagine i mean you it must be really hard to just just pick one yeah it's a hard question uh so yeah you you did mention the live tour I, i bet you guys are really excited uh that it's it's beginning so Feel free to share a bit uh, what's going on for our listeners. So maybe one of us can catch you somewhere live again. Yeah, we're super, super stoked. Uh, we've got like a really awesome team with us uh, helping design the show and cool animations and lights. And we're trying to go, you know, full 100 on this on this tour because it's been so long since we've played a show. And so we're going to play new stuff, old stuff uh maybe throw some covers in there who knows um we're we're (laughs) really excited because um our live shows we since we're all uh you know sort of uh i guess arrangers at heart like we like to you know kind of remix the songs or extend certain sections and and sort of make it slightly different from the record so that you still get the you know the heart of the song but then you might hear something unexpected that you didn't hear on the album can working in the studio compare to playing live? How do you feel about those two different aspects of making music? They're completely different. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the studio is feels like such a um, experimental, exploratory, just like let's try everything and, and find the perfect thing and fine tune it and make it sound exactly like what we're hearing it. And it's it 
really about like crafting a piece, you know, and, and on stage, it's about the experience that the audience is having. So how can we get them involved? How can we make this come alive? How can we, you know, incorporate a horn solo here or a cover song here? And just uh, for me, they feel totally different, but it's cool to have that balance, you know, so you're not just in one place all the time. Yeah, I, I guess you're not getting it to the anytime soon, right? Now with the with the two tours. Yeah, once we leave, we'll we'll be in touring mode for sure. But I think when we're home, we're all always in and out of the studio. So, yeah. Great, cool. Um, last couple of questions are actually coming from a uh, another musician that's working uh, working with us, Viv. Uh, she's a big fan uh, of yours, and uh, she wanted to ask a couple of things. So one is about writer's block. Uh, have you guys experienced it, or and how do you deal with it if if you do? I think everyone's experienced writer's block, I assume, at some point. Um, I mean, to be honest, this is like the best part about being in a trio with with two other producers and writers is if I get stuck which seems to happen every time I make a beat. <laughs> I can pass it off to one of these guys and they'll come up with like an amazing verse or, or bridge or whatever. Um, so yeah, just like yeah. trusting each other and, and, and collaborating, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, I'd add uh, at least the things that have helped me in the past with writer's block is sometimes setting a timer for myself and saying, just go nuts for like you know 15 minutes. It doesn't matter what you make. Um, and then afterwards you can, you know, move on or, or whatever. But, you know, sometimes I find my writer's block is just me like hesitating to start something because I, I want it to be good from the, from the get go. And sometimes just setting a timer for myself and saying, you know what, just, just make it. Doesn't, doesn't matter what comes out or what, what doesn't, you know? I second both of you guys. I would say the exact same thing. <laughs> Another thing I would add is, um, time away, like finding inspiration somewhere else. So lyrically, if it's reading poetry or reading a book or listening to music or going to see a live show, just kind of being inspired by other creative things um, really helps me when I'm in a place that feels stuck. Awesome. Uh, I hope this helps our listeners who, who um, sometimes also experience right this block. Uh, and last one, what do you think are the most important aspects of improving your musicianship? Um, I mean, I guess I can only speak on my experience, but I'd say one aspect that has helped me a lot is to to not, you know, be, be okay with uh, experimenting with different instruments or, or, or jumping into different camps, you know, just maybe because um, I'd say like, what if your previous album was one thing doesn't mean that you can't make something totally different in the next album. You know, you don't have to put yourself in a box. Um, you know, we only get one life and to, to be able to explore and just be curious in music, um, I think is a, a worthwhile skill to have and help has helped me with my musicianship. What would you guys say? I like that. Yeah. Um, I would say, um, you know, after having some experience, you know, we're all like in our thirties now. Um, I remember first starting and being so like locked into like, Oh, I need to be better than I was the day before, but really you need to like take a step back and, and improving as a musician is like a long-term process, you know? 
might take years and that's fine. Um, maybe that's the way it should be, you know? So just like being patient and, and trusting, trusting the process, I guess. Uh, I don't know if I'm phrasing that well, but you know, just take a step back and, and be patient. Yeah. I think consistency and having grace with yourself, like Max was saying, not being down on yourself for where you are. I feel like so much of, of music and, and growing is mental. And if you're in a place where you're just crapping on yourself all the time, you're not gonna, you're holding mm. yourself back more than you might realize. So just, you know, having faith in the process and trying things that you don't think you can do, trying them anyway. And I think there's a lot of, especially in the jazz world where we came from, there's a lot of pressure to like be the best at one thing. But really, not for some people, that is like their calling. And for other people, it's more of a broader thing. Like, you know, we all play a lot of different instruments. So not, not folding into that pressure or letting that pressure of being the best at everything you do be, you know, overwhelming. And just finding joy in your art and, you know, staying true to your creative voice. And that's really the best you can do as a musician is, in my opinion. <laughs> so... Well, thank you. Super inspiring. Uh, great, great advice, guys. Thank you so much uh, for this conversation. If there's anything uh, else you want to add, I guess um, all the dates are in on your website and our social media where uh, people can catch you uh, on the tour. So yeah, feel free to add anything else if you want now. Yeah, we're really excited for our tour. So we hope to see you there. Yeah, maybe we'll see you in Barcelona again. Yeah. I hope, yeah. <laughs> I hope.